Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults and the Alcohol. Number 12, Bobby? Scientology. Scientology, that's right. And it's a tagline, it's science fiction, occult, and that's exactly what it is. We've already gone through the history. It came from a guy named... Ron Hubbard. That's right. Larry, you're on the ball. You must have had more beef than you admit, uh, admitted. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard, but he was involved in the occult and Parsons and all that stuff. Then he wrote this book called Dianetics. And basically then he, shortly after he lost it, he got it back together again. He renamed it into a religion called Scientology, grabbed control, created a military force with the Guardian Office and the RP, uh, basically Rehabilitation Brainwashing Center, the Sea Org, and then he finally died. But before he died, there was a hostile takeover by David Miscavige, the current leader, who's become the new face. He's abusive. You don't do what he says he throws you in a hole or you might just disappear and some people say you're gonna die that's how abusive it's become and then we saw of course last time uh, a couple times the Scientology history their version of history was Xenu the galactic overlord 75 million years ago but believe it or not there was weird things going on long before Xenu appeared on the scene. And if we get that far tonight, Pastor Tom, we're going to talk about it. That's right here at Sunrise Bible Church. But we left off last time. Well, as we close, hey, why are they a cult? Well, it's not my definition. The biblical definition and even the secular definition, Scientology, unfortunately, fits that definition as well. How do you know you're involved in a cult? Anybody, no matter what they're doing, you always get this source of authority wrong. As we saw last time, okay, our source of authority is what? <clears throat> and what else? Rhymes with nothing. That's right, nothing. It's the Bible, period. And if you just stick with the Bible, you're fine, and nobody can fool you. That's the problem today. Even in the church, people are getting outside the Bible, and they're being fooled, okay? So they got their source of authority wrong, because who do they follow? What's their source of authority? It's a guy named who? L. Ron Hubbard, who was probably demon-possessed, I truly believe. He was seriously hooked on drugs, we saw last time. Do you guys, did anybody get that conversation from last time? Because the length of a thread, the thread in the middle of the thread with the thread and two, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so seriously on drugs, as we saw there, also involved in the occult, that's where you're getting your stuff from, okay? Well, guess what? It starts to spill downhill, and certainly that's what we saw, the nature of God. But that's not all. Flip the page to the last page. Oh, but don't fool yourselves like we're going to get done tonight. Oh, no, contraire. But we're on that last page. That's a major mega milestone. The last page there, how do you know that you're involved in the cult? Well, again, we get source of authority wrong. It all goes downhill from there. We're going to see now they got the nature of God wrong. That's what we saw. But also, guess what? They get who? They get Jesus wrong in a big, giant, mighty way. Now, remember, this whole time is we're going to go through these, hopefully, these next three signs here tonight. Remember, they said, well, they're 98% compatible with Christianity right? Not even close, right? And we're going to see that, especially when you take a look at these next aspects there. Uh, the person work of Jesus Christ at the top there, Scientology denies the deity of Christ, but somehow you're 98% compatible. <laughs> Whatever. He is assigned Jesus the characteristics of some sort of a lesser God who has obtained a sort of legendary status over the years. So that's just like the Bible. And that's why they're so compatible with us. Not even close. Now let's go even deeper about what they believe about Jesus. They don't just believe some falsehood. They denigrate him in a major mega way. Okay. Uh, Scientology obviously came from, guess who, L. Ron Hubbard. And basically, uh, that's who they follow. Now what's the problem right there? We're talking about Jesus. Jesus said, who is the one that's going to build his church? Runs with his, him, he, Jesus, right, right? So by nature of being the church in Scientology calls themselves a church and they even use a cross, but they pervert it. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, but they give the appearance that they're like us, like Christians. But right at the outset, they don't even believe in the same Jesus. Again, we'll get to that in a second. But Jesus said he will build the church, right? So who is building the, quote, to use their term, church of Scientology? Is it Jesus? No, it's L. Ron Hubbard, right? You don't have the same Jesus. I don't even know why you're even using our terminology, right? Now, here's what the Bible says about Jesus. We've dealt with this before, but I'm just going to hit some highlights to show you the contrast of what they say. The Bible says Jesus is the eternal Son of God. He's co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He was born of a virgin. He added to his deity, sinless humanity, Philippians 2. He died for our sins. He rose physically from the dead. He's seated today at the right hand. He's our mediator, our intercessor. He's coming back physically and visibly in power with great glory to fulfill all things and to establish the millennial kingdom, etc., etc. So that's what Scientology believes too, right? Wrong. Here's what they say. Jesus was a shade above clear. Direct quote, a shade above clear. Now what's that? Remember what clear was? Clear wasn't even making it to the top, 
right? Clear was just that after you spent 160,000 bucks on average, because it could be more in case you have to repeat, 160,000 bucks, that's just not even the halfway point. Then you got to go through all the OT levels, which cost even more, tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Well, wait a second. So now you just said Jesus was a shade above clear. That means he's, he, he didn't make it to the OT levels, which means there's Scientologists who are better than L. Ron Hubbard is. Whoa. And yet somehow you're 98% compatible with this? This is crazy. He was a shade above clear, meaning that he met the standards for living um, above influences of his previous lives. Previous lives. So you're saying that Jesus was reincarnated? That's just like what the Bible teaches, right? Wrong, right? Scientology places no emphasis on Jesus' substitutionary death or resurrection. Rather, it views Jesus as a proponent of reincarnation and other Eastern mystical concepts. Because that's where Jesus got his knowledge base. It was from the Hindus. That's what the Bible said. No, it doesn't. But don't forget, they're 98% compatible with you and I. That's right. Uh, it goes even worse than that. Jesus in Scientology is seen as only one of good many teachers. Now, how many times have you heard that one? That's a lie in the world. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a good teacher. That's right. He's not God. No way. But yeah, he's like Buddha, Confucius, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Scientology also, again, he is below the OT levels, uh, the operating Thetan, and uh, he's a shade above clear. Now, uh, they also, when you get to the OT levels, here's what they start telling you about Jesus on top of everything we just said. They say that the concept of Jesus being God uh, is fiction and it needs to be removed by auditing when you grab their pop can and hook up to their e-meter. But don't forget you're 98% compatible with us, you know, because we got the same thing. But yet you say when you get to the OT levels, first of all, which Jesus apparently didn't make it through, right? But how could he make it through until L. Ron Hubbard came with, but whatever, that's a little, shh, shh, Okay, but, but you're not supposed to think that. Okay, but anyway, so, but what? This is crazy, folks. This is what, they, right? And then it's so bad that you got to get it out of your brain. That Jesus is God, right? Now, according to Scientology, Jesus also believed in reincarnation. No, he didn't. Uh, it is believed by many authorities that Jesus was a member of the cult of the Essenes who uh, believed in reincarnation. No, he wasn't. And that, again, his teachings came from the Hindus, right? Now, a lot of times people will quote, Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 3, he said to Nicodemus, he said that you need to be born again. So, therefore, he's talking about reincarnation. No, he's not. Right? First of all, they're anathon in the Greek, born again, means born from above, born from a higher place. And the context tells us he's not talking about a physical birth, he's talking about a spiritual birth, right? Uh, number one. In fact, Nicodemus makes that extremely clear in the context because he was thinking physical birth and Jesus had to correct him. Well, am I supposed to go in my mom's womb a second time? I'm not talking physical, I'm talking spiritual. You need to be born again of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what he's talking about. So, and by the way, he didn't say, and you need to be born again, and again, and again, and again, and again. That would be reincarnation, but that's not what he said, right? Uh, but let's continue on. Now, according to Scientology, it gets even worse. They not only say that you need to remove the idea through the auditing procedure with the pop cans on the e-meter. And by the way, for those of you who weren't here that time, I said pop cans. That's the two middle bars that look like pop cans to me. You got to grab and they... I don't want to say, hopefully I don't electrocute you, but anyway, so <laughs> on that meter. But, uh, and you got to get rid of that out of your brain, right? But it gets even worse than that. They only say he got his teachings from the Hindus and the Eastern mysticism and all that stuff, and that Jesus believed, believed in reincarnation. No, it's even worse. Listen, according to the whole idea of Jesus, it, it gets worse as you go. The whole idea of Jesus is what they call is nothing but an implant. Now, remember what they mean by the implant? The implant, and we're going to get into this hopefully later at the end of the study, is their idea that millions or could be trillions or maybe even billions, just take your pick, making it up as they go, but uh, Hubbard did anyway, and uh, these aliens came and they forced people to believe these false ideas and only Scientology, and that's why you're having troubles in life, right? And only Scientology through their auditing procedure can get rid of those negative false ideas. Right? Well, they think that the idea of Jesus is an implant, a false idea, right? That we need to get rid of. Okay. In fact, Hubbard attacked Christianity itself, not just Jesus, as also an implant. So everything we believe in, the reason why we're here tonight and worshiping and exist as Christians and studying the Bible, that's an implant. That's something evil that somebody trillions of years ago forced us to go through, and we're having to relive this error. Isn't, oh, but don't forget, we're ninety-eight percent compatible, and we welcome all faiths. Yeah, whatever, right? Uh, but also that said that not only Christianity was an implant, but Jesus was a fiction. That it's just make-believe. 
Not even real, right? Hubbard is quoted as stating that Christianity evolved out of the R6 implant. The R6 implant basically is the code word for the Xenu story. Remember that one? The Galactic Overlord. They shot the aliens with the, froze them and threw them in the volcano, blew them up with hydrogen bombs. And, and every time I say it, it's like, are you serious? But that's really what they believe. I'm just quoting them, not me. And that gets even more than that. Uh, but that he even said that the man on the, that there was no Christ, that everyone is the man on the cross. Now again, here's Rubbard Hubbard's, Rubbard Hubbard's rubber line of thinking with L. Ron Hubbard Lubbard, old man Hubbard Rubbard. But here's what he said, his own words about Jesus. You tell me if this is compatible with the Bible. Let's take a look. Hi, every man has been shown to have been crucified, so don't think that it's an accident that this crucifixion they found out that this applied. Somebody somewhere on this planet, back about 600 B.C., found some pieces of our six. And I don't know how they found it, either by watching Mad Men or something, but since that time they have used it, and it became what is known as Christianity. Uh, the man on the cross. There was no Christ. But the man on the cross is shown as every man. So, of course, each person seeing a crucified man has an immediate feeling of sympathy for this man. Therefore, you get many PCs who says they are Christ. Now, there are two reasons for that. One is the Roman Empire was prone to crucify people. So a person can have been crucified. But in R6, he is shown as crucified. I know it's kind of hard to hear, but basically what he's saying is, and I want to show you his own words, that basically somebody, the reason why you even think about Jesus or this cross, he clearly said there is no cross. He basically said that uh, the, the, the idea of Christianity, because somebody found a piece of this R6 implant, the Xenu story, and they ran with it. And just because the Romans did crucify people, then, then somehow we relive that air thinking that that's Jesus and all this stuff. But don't forget, 98% compatible. Hubbard also goes on to teach that Jesus, the historic Jesus, was uh, not uh, the f figure that he was made out to be. Listen to this. On top of all that, so he denies him, denies his deity. Listen to what he even says. He says that Jesus, okay, that we think of, is, was a lover of young boys and of men. Hubbard said that. So now he's saying Jesus was homosexual and he's a pedophile. But, and somehow this is compatible with Christianity to the 98th percentile, right? He goes on to say that uh, Jesus was also given to uncontrollable bursts of temper and hatred, which is sin, by the way, right? So then now you're saying Jesus is full of sin. He, he also says that about the book of Revelation, he mentions, and he, he talks about the prophecy of when an arch enemy of Christ referred to as the Antichrist will reign. And according, according to Hubbard, Antichrist represents the forces of Lucifer. But he goes on to say that he believes he is the Antichrist. And, quote, his mission would be to fulfill that biblical promise that represents this Antichrist period. Wow. Right? Uh, another Scientologist say that basically, again, they don't believe that Jesus uh, is God. Uh, they also don't uh, have views on heaven and hell. In fact, they believe that's make-believe. We'll get to that, Lord willing, uh, at the means of salvation in a little bit. Uh, she, and this one person quoted, the Scientologist says, To me, they are Jesus being God, heaven and hell. <clears throat> they are alien concepts. Does anyone get the humor in that? Because these implants are supposed to be these aliens who... Put these next, you know, okay, whatever. I thought it was funny. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley, I don't know if she's still a Scientologist, but she was. She may still be. I don't know. We'll get into that, Lord willing, next week. Um, but uh, she was uh, at a Christmas party, uh, which is supposed to be about the birth of Jesus, uh, at a, the Scientology in Memphis, Tennessee, and approximately 100 children attended the event. And uh, the administrator there says, uh, We believe that Christianity is not the only way. Well, what did Jesus say in John 14, 6? He is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. So all the way around, the more you go, they not only believe in a completely different Jesus, uh, but uh, not even close to what the scripture says, right? They don't trust in anything that he did, and then they denigrate everything he did and his identity, and then say he was full of sin and evil. But yet somehow you're supposed to be compatible. He also discounted, the Hubbard did, the Christian belief in the Trinity. Uh, he said the Christian God is much better characterized uh, with the Vedic hymns, which is Hinduism, 
Okay, and that's where we get our version of the Trinity, he says, is from Hinduism. Not true. Uh, and then this is why one guy says this. And again, we're just on the topic of Jesus, their version of Jesus, right? He said this, and I think, man, this is, preach it. I'll turn the pages. He says, I, I just don't exactly understand why it's called the Church of Scientology and why there would even be a cross, okay? Even if it's a different cross. When I see the cross, I think of Jesus Christ. But if Jesus Christ is not the center of Scientology, then why would an organization use the cross and call itself a church? It does not follow the words of Jesus Christ, and neither does it accept him as Savior. And, and for this reason, in my opinion, it's not a church. <laughs> Hello? But why did Hubbard do it? Remember back in the history? Because he lost tax-exempt status, number one, because it's all about the cash show, and he admitted it, right? But also, he created a religion out of it so that he can keep control and to give it some sort of a religious status so people would feel guilty and awed about attacking them so freely. Because you wouldn't, remember his words? You wouldn't attack a man in the cloth, would you? That's what it was, right? So that's what I do. Now, speaking of the cross, if you guys aren't familiar, this is what it looks like. That's their version of of the cross as they masquerade as you know a church which again is our word right and that's one of their headquarters there and that's the cross now as you can see there obviously it looks similar but it's not they have basically that look you know the starburst or the rays going out of it a little bit different but again it sort of looks similar to ours but they clearly admit has nothing to do with what we believe about the cross the cross is obviously symbolic of Jesus literally dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, right? But that's not what the, the cross means to them. If you look at the four points, they add four points with the burst, that gives them eight. And according to Scientology, that uh, stands for eight different things. Stands for the self, stands for creativity and procreation, group, society, and community, species, survival, life forms, matter, energy, space, and time, that messed theory that when they get to the highest levels they can get their godlike powers and control matter energy space and time right spirit self number seven and infinity or supreme being because that's ultimately what they think they are we'll get to that in a second and what they're trying to rediscover because of all these alien implants are messing things up we've forgotten that we're god and we have these godlike powers and l ron hubbard with the pop can e-meters can make sure that you can remember that that's basically what it is in a nutshell. But that cross, you can see there, dates back to the mid-50s when they started to use it. L. Ron Hubbard said that the model of this cross came from a very ancient Spanish mission in Arizona. And it was from a sand casting, which Hubbard dug up because he's Mr. Adventurer. Remember all that glamorization they did of him? Uh, but scholars, and this is a secular report, listen to what they say. Scholars speculate that that version of the cross may have been inspired, their words, not mine. Interesting tie here. It may have been inspired by Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley used what was called the Rosy Cross. The Rosy Cross, we won't get into it now. We'll get into that when we get to the issue of Freemasonry and the secret societies, Lord willing, starting at 5,322. Right? And that will not be an implant, I'm telling you now. Uh, <laughs> but that's basically the cross that's used in the Rosicrucian order, which is a secret society. So that's very interesting as well. Scientology makes references to Jesus Christ in its writings, uses as its symbol a cross with starbursts at each end, but even though it refers to itself as a church, may at times even use Christian terminology and symbolism, but it is clearly non-biblical in its views about God, Jesus, the scripture, and salvation, and other important doctrines. Scientology does not accept the biblical concepts of Jesus as God, the word incarnate. It places no emphasis on the substitutionary death and resurrection of Jesus. Rather, it views Jesus as a proponent of reincarnation and other Eastern mystical concepts. Although the church, Scientology, claims to be compatible with Christianity, it is contradictory. And listen, it cannot be harmonized. Yet, what do they say? Oh, we can work with anybody. But what we see even last week, if we here, oh, you'll find out real quick. They'll accept anybody, including Farrakhan. Remember that one from last week? And now he's out there promoting Scientology. They think that, that they can work together. Uh-uh. What's Hubbard say? They expect you. And it's even written in their IRS forms. They expect you to bow a knee to Hubbard. You can come in from whatever you want, but you're going to bow before Hubbard and his teachings as the supreme teachings, okay? So, so that's how they, they snooker people. And Scientology is a rejection of the biblical doctrines of creation, original sin, and the exclusive salvation only through Jesus Christ. So let's go back to the workbook. That's their version of Jesus. How do you know you're involved in a cult? Not only you get the source of authority wrong, you get the nature of God wrong, you get Jesus wrong, but you also get the nature of man wrong, okay? And here's what they basically believe. People are immortal, is your first blank there, 
I paused for that exciting thing right there. Another blank. Yes. Uh, immortal divine beings. Whoa, wait a second. Divine beings were gods? Yep, that's what they believe. And they say that we are composed of three dimensions, a soul, which they call a thetan, a mind, which is an accumulation of all past experience, including past lives, right? A body, which is simply called the uh, physical co uh, component. Engrams, uh-oh, those are those negative things stored in our reactive mind that we've learned from our past lives or prenatal experience, you know? Because I don't know about you guys, but that was rough, man. When I was floating in my mom's womb, I mean, sometimes she was eating chicken. I, I still get, I'm scarred from that event. And because we all remember that prenatal experience, and that's just uh, prenatal experience and early childhood. These uh, prevent the individuals from realizing their innate what? Divinity, right? Because that's what this, our biggest problem is we don't realize that we're God. And L. Ron Hubbard is going to help us to get back to that. All right? And, oh, by the way, what did Satan do at the very beginning, uh, Genesis chapter 3? You, you don't, don't listen to God. God's holding out on you, right? Eve, oh, come on, come on. I know, right? If you listen to me, you will be like God. The same lie from the Garden of Eden. Hubbard just picked up on it and made a religion out of it. Wow, that would make it satanic, wouldn't it? Uh, let's move on. To prevent these individuals from realizing their innate divinity and experiencing a happy, fulfilled life, Using their analytical minds. See, that, that's what messed you all up. Scientology also believes in the inherent what? Goodness of man. Is that what the Bible teaches? What, what did David say in Psalm 51? Surely I was sinful because later I, I absorbed it from society. I started out this pure, pristine baby. And the people just messed me up, man. I just, no, what? birth. Psalm 51. Surely I was sinful at birth. Romans chapter 3, what's Paul say? All, how, how many? All? What about Hubbard? Uh -huh. And he sinned even more when he came up with this baloney, right, with all due respect. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. There was no one righteous. What's he say next? No, not even one. Not even one? Not even one means not even one for those of you hooked on English. But anyway, that's right. Uh, excuse me, the Bible teaches we are born in sin. That's why we we're born uh, with this disconnect uh, with God, okay? But that's what they say, that we are a goodness. And listen to that, not just that we are basically good, which is completely opposite the scripture, and that it is, what's the word there? Despicable. Despicable. And utterly beneath contempt to tell a man he must repent and that he is evil. So basically, according to Scientology, we're supposed to be 98% compatible, remember, uh, sharing the gospel with somebody is despicable and wrong and utterly beneath contempt that somebody is a sinner in need of a savior. That's the gospel. What did Hubbard say? That's despicable. But somehow we're, we can all work together. This is crazy. But let's take it even deeper. What the Bible says about you and I, we were created in God's image, but because of the fall, we're born with a sin nature. We're born with it. And that's where we get the rebellion against not just God, but that we see today. And that's what separates us from him. And according to Scientology, though, what's their version of man? People are eternal spirit beings, but we have divine powers. And we just need to get back to being God's. Uh, the Bible says this about sin. Sin's violating God's standard, Right? Okay, and all people are sinners under the curse of sin, spiritually and physically, and only faith in Jesus Christ and trusting his work on our behalf on the cross frees us from the penalty of sin and all its horrible consequences, right? That's what the Bible says. Here's what Scientology says about sin. Listen, sin is merely that which opposes Scientology. What? So anything that disagrees with L. Ron Hubbard is sin. So he's the standard, not God. That's pretty wild. Scientology also says man's fall was not spiritual and physical, okay, but it was man's fall into uh, 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 ignorance. Again, that all these alien implants mess things up and we forgot that we got these superpowers and we're God. That's what they call the fall, if you will, of man. And again, they stress the goodness of people. Man is good, and man should do whatever he wants to do. And if somebody needs to be saving, it's going to be ourselves. Now, that's what they say in their own creed. Here's the video. Let's take a look. We of the church believe that all men of whatever race, color, or creed were created with equal rights. 
that all men have inalienable rights. To their own religious practices and their performance. That all men have inalienable rights to their own lives. That all men have inalienable rights to their sanity. That all men have inalienable rights to their own defense. That all men have inalienable rights to conceive, choose, assist, or support their own organizations, churches, and governments. That all men have inalienable rights to think freely, to talk freely, to write freely their own opinions, and to counter or utter or write upon the opinions of others. That all men have inalienable rights to the creation of their own kind. That the souls of men have the rights of men. That the study of the mind and the healing of mentally caused ills should not be alienated from religion or condoned in non-religious fields. And that no agency less than God has the power to suspend or set aside these rights overtly or covertly. And we of the church believe that man is basically good. That he is seeking to survive. That his survival depends upon himself and upon his fellows. And his attainment of brotherhood with the universe. And we of the church believe that the laws of God forbid man to destroy his own kind, to destroy the sanity of another, to destroy or enslave another's soul, to destroy or reduce the survival of one's companions or one's group. And we of the church believe that the spirit can be saved and that the spirit alone may save or heal the body. Yeah, according to them, you're basically good, and, you know, what saving you needs to be done, who does it? Jesus? God? No, you do it yourself. It's a do-it-yourself uh, aspect. I don't know if you noticed that, but they, they had a phrase there uh, that they kept saying over and over again. We have the what? Un oh, let me get it on there. Alienable. I wonder if that's a play on words, that we should un the alien. I don't know. Just a little theory there. Because again, that's the whole premise. Everything's messed up because aliens from the past. And we need to undo what they did, but whatever. Uh, but let's, take, let's continue on. Uh, in the game of life, as Scientology understands it, sin does not call for repentance as much as it does the eradication of error, right? Of wrong thinking from these alien implants. It's messed everything up. And so that if, it's, uh, if you're going to be saved or free from air, then how does it happen? It comes through the technology of L. Ron Hubbard, the e-meter, the auditing process, and working your way up to clear, but not just clear. You've got to keep on going through the OT levels. That's just like what the Bible says. No, it's not. But remember, I didn't throw out that number. They did. 98% compatible. <laughs> you're not even 9 or 8%. Right? You're not compatible at all, right? But let's continue on. Hubbard believes that people have forgotten their true nature, that they are immortal beings, and uh, we're just trapped in this big implant error that's going on on this earth. Uh, they believe that reincarnation, that humans have lived previous uh, lives on, on even different planets, and uh, we just keep popping in, and we just keep having to deal with these implants, and we were doomed to that reality until apparently L. Ron Hubbard, who was a serious drug addict involved in the occult, and said he wanted to invent a religion to make some serious cash, came along to show us the way out of this mess with that ohm meter that you could buy for about 20 bucks that he developed, and hook it up to a couple pop cans, and you're good to go. Wow, isn't that nifty how that all worked out for us? Okay, but that's what's going on. Now, afterlife, talking about salvation, you get saved, whatever, that's, that's their version of, to use our term salvation. It's not really what they mean, that you're working your way back up to deity. I mean, you already are, you just forgot. You just got to get rid of those errors, right, that keep you from thinking that, right? But what do they believe that happens when a Scientologist dies, right? Well, reincarnation, we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, do they go to heaven? Do they have a hell? Do they have, what, what do they believe? Well, Isaac Hayes, you guys know him? He's a soul music legend, if you will. Uh, well, he was a Scientologist, right? And he died, right? Uh, and he died at the age of 65. He was a dedicated Scientologist. And, and this is an article, secular article. According to his religious beliefs, Scientology, what happened to Hayes now that he's passed away? So they asked Scientology to give the answer, and here's what they came back with. Well, he's born again into the flesh of another body. No, he's not. If he didn't know Jesus is Savior, he's in hell. Right? But they go on. They say every human being is really an immortal spiritual being known as a Thetan, and that the meat bodies, that's what they call our body, it's a meat body. It's all it's just a meat body, right? Uh, that we inhabit uh, is, is just simply shed when we leave this earth. 
Uh, and remember, the elite Scientologists, the members of the Sea Org, for example, sign contracts that pledge a billion years, that's right, a billion years of service throughout successful lives. So they really think they're coming back, right? And, but they've signed a contract, so they don't get to skirt off to some other planet and do whatever they want. Now, you've got to come back and fulfill your contract. A billion years coming back and, and supporting Hubbard on planet Earth. Now, they say when the body dies, a Thetan, their version of the soul, forgets the details of the former life. Though those painful and traumatic false images, known as engrams, those aliens implanted in our brain, right? They are still there in your unconscious, even though you're supposed to be reincarnated. Now, in order to move up the path to get rid of those engrams, which they call the bridge to total freedom, one must eradicate these psychic scars, which cause a person to act fearfully and irrationally. Once the Scientology, uh, Scientologists have purged them through the counseling process known as auditing, he or she is said to be clear. But again, remember, that's just clear. You still gotta work your way up to the OT levels. But according to Scientology, Hayes had achieved clear in 2002, but it's not known, quote, whether he progressed onto the higher parts of the bridge, the OT levels. If Hayes had progressed high enough on this bridge, he might have been begun preparing for his next life in his final days to come. Because according to a Sea Org member in Scientology, some upper level operating Thetans are said to possess the ability to choose their next set of birth parents. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, no. I love my mom and dad. It wouldn't change a thing. What, can you believe that? You're going to choose your next set of birth parents. Hey, you got to get a kickback. I mean, you already spent 160000 on average just to get to clear. But if you can work your way up and spend, I don't know, another half a million, you know, at least you should be able to choose your next parents. I mean, come on. Some, banks used to at least give you a toaster, right, when you signed up. A, come on. You got to give me something. All right, let's move on. Uh, Hubbard was quoted from a lecture in the 1950s describing how, this is still this secular article, describing how after death, a Thetan, a soul, is carried to a landing station on Venus where it is programmed with lies. Then, that's right, Ruth, it's put into a capsule and then dumped back on Earth where it wanders in search of a baby to inhabit. I don't know. Man, maybe that's what's going on. Right, you ever hear some kids? Get your kids, they're doing fine. All of a sudden, now that they reach age two, have you noticed that? Maybe it's a Scientologist floating around. They've got into your kid. Have you noticed that? I don't, I don't know, just my theory. Hey, you make up a story, I'll make up one too. But uh, here's also what they believe about the afterlife. Here's what's gonna happen. That's right, when you die as a Scientologist. Obviously, it's not true. But they believe that you uh, inherently have unlimited abilities uh, over matter, space, time, and energy, and possibly other things as well. Well, last time I checked, matter, space, time, and energy covers everything. But whatever. Hey, there might be something about it. Uh, uh, fully able Thetans, if you make it all the way to the OT levels, you don't even need a body. Except for types of, quote, game playing. You'll need a body. I don't know. You want to come back to Venus and play soccer? <laughs> it's kind of hard to float around and play soccer. Your foot goes right through it. I tell you what, you won't even make a score. Let's move on. Uh, some Thetans can choose their afterlife facility. Right? It's kind of like getting upgraded at a hotel or something. I don't know. So, again, a kickback. You get your own parents, you get a new facility. Maybe they've got air conditioning. I don't know. Uh, the, oh, and speaking of that, I'm not making this up either. That's what they believe. <clears throat> the afterlife, in case you're wondering, in case you guys say, hey, well, which hotel should I get on what facility? Well, the afterlife facility on planet Mars is nicer than the one on Venus. Just saying. Don't want to make a mistake. Because once you're gone and you drop your meat body, you know, hey, or you made the commitment. Let's move on. Oh, and the afterlife on facility on Venus, it may be, may be, quote, near railroad tracks since Hubbard was almost hit by a locomotive one time when he was investigating that facility. So just be prepared. Which apparently my theory is why the Mars afterlife facility is better than the Venus one because the hotels at Venus, you can stay awake all night long with that train going, it keeps you up all night long. He probably has a red blinky light right out your window. Oh. People, wow. Let's move on. Uh, afterlife facilities are totally automated and they require no personnel. And that's good. So maybe they use AI or something. I don't know. Uh, and Thetans receiving afterlife degrading. Uh-oh. They go down. Listen. They're afterwards dumped unceremoniously is the word. <laughs> in the Gulf of Lower California. 
Don't go fishing there. Don't go, don't eat the fish. If you catch a fish there, you don't know what's inside of it. Let's move on. And there are more Thetans wanting bodies than are available, and quote, fights break out over bodies. Oh, that's crazy. Well, wait a second. What if two of these guys were fighting on the same body? Well, there's an answer apparently. Multiple Thetans may pick up the same body during its lifetime, uh, but, and this is uh, a, their version of a person who has a, quote, multiple personality disorder. It's two scientists. Scientologists, can you believe this? This is their version of the afterlife. Also, a Thetan can leave a body temporarily without the body dying. They call this exteriorizing. Also, a Thetan may accidentally leave a body, and this is what they call that. If you accidentally, oops, sorry, left my body. Woo. And what they call that is you just, you're doing a bunk. That's their term. You do, oh, you just, you, you, I, I just do a bunk is what it was, right? Now, listen, they actually used to offer a procedure for bringing the Thetan back to its body after it did a bunk, right? Uh, it was called bring back to life assist. And apparently could you be used, okay, uh, to re revive a recently dead body, okay? And the one guy says, I don't know why it's not no longer available. I mean, that would come in handy. But my theory is the reason why they don't offer it anymore because it was bunk is the obvious conclusion. Let's move on. Hey, this stuff just writes itself. I'm just reading the word. That's all I'm doing, folks. Uh, the cycle then continues until, uh, so this is what you're going to expect every time you die. And according to them, this is what's going on with Isaac Hayes. Maybe he's on Mars, maybe he's on Venus, maybe he got unceremoniously dumped in the Gulf of, you know, and he's down there trying to get out of music career again. I don't know what he's doing. Or he's fighting over a body, he's still waiting to get it. They said this is going to continue on until you get sufficient Scientology processing and you'll have no more of these spiritual degradations. See, that's why you need to invest the cash now. Wow, can you believe that? But reincarnation, don't have much time to get into this. We've dealt with this before in our New Age study. We dealt with it in our Hinduism study. We dealt with it in our Buddhism study. Okay, but does the Bible teach reincarnation? No, don't have time to turn to it. What is the clarion verse? We already dealt with that lie that they twist John chapter three. That's not what he's talking about being born again. Hebrews 9, 27, it is man appointed once to die and then face judgment. How many times do you die? One time, not a whole bunch over and over again. Uh, sometimes uh, people, will, they'll quote, uh, well, John the Baptist, he was Elijah reincarnated. No, he wasn't. Uh, he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And also they even asked him, are you Elijah? And what did he say according to scripture? Yeah. No, I am not. <laughs> so that's not, you know, that's your best uh, uh, definition. Then it fails. Also, when Jesus told the criminal on the cross, he says, today you'll be with me in Paradise. He didn't say you're going to have another chance to live on this earth and get it right next time, buddy. Right? You better find some pop cans along the way. Right? And get out of this mess uh, as well. Okay. And on and on. We've already dealt with that before. So the Bible, I just, but I want to hit it because that's their version of salvation in the afterlife. You got to keep repeating this over and over again. The only way to be free is you got to give them cash. Big cash and go through the levels. But it'll be worth it. Because I don't want to be stuck on that train hotel on Venus. Or unceremoniously dumped. Come on. I'll tell you what, I got dumped enough times in high school. That was bad enough. Not dealing with that in the afterlife. All right, but let's continue on. Scientology disagree that the Word of God says that uh, there is no inherent goodness of man, right? And the heart is deceitful above all things. Hello, right? The Scripture is very clear about that. On top of that, the Word of God is sure that until we humble ourselves, believe in Jesus Christ and His work on the cross, put our trust in Him and His work alone on the cross, that we have the wrath of God still abiding on us. We have no hidden powers or abilities. We do have sin hidden in our heart, and we must have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us, or we will face a godless eternity of suffering in hell. That's what the Bible talks about, right? The Bible says that is the only way that you can be saved, all right? So let's go back and uh, take a look about um, what they would have. Now, in fact, let's just move on with that. Uh, what do they say about that, about salvation? Well, again, what they say is, let me, let, let me get to the aspect of heaven and hell, right? And this is where these implant things are going to come up, and then we'll close out there. Uh, the Bible says about death is physical death is the consequences of sin, right? Okay, and salvation is obtained only by Jesus, Right? And we become a new creature in Christ. When we get saved, we're born again from above. The Holy Spirit, boom, indwells us at the moment of salvation, seals us for a day of redemption. 
right? The, the scripture says. Uh, and so that because of that, we are guaranteed when we die, we go to heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and he's Jesus and he's where? At the right hand of God the Father in heaven. So absent from the body, we immediately go to be with Jesus, right? Now, if you don't know Jesus your Savior, where are you going to go? You're going to hell. Which, by the way, that's another thing, right? Matthew 25, Jesus makes it very clear. You don't come back, right? Matthew 25, in the exact same verse, he says, and they, you got two options, go away to eternal life or the others go to eternal punishment. You don't keep coming back. There is no second chance, right, on that. But what does Scientology say about death? Death is an inconsequential dropping of the body, but you will have trillions of times to get it right, but hopefully you don't have to wait that long if you pay enough cash and get it right now. It's real Ron Hubbard, basically. What does the Bible say about heaven and hell? Hell is a place of everlasting conscious existence where unbelievers are separated from God in torment, okay? Heaven, obviously, is where we go uh, after that uh, in a state of bliss and joy and the exact opposite. What do they say? Uh, Scientology says heaven and hell are Christian myths and, here's the word, they are mental implants, both heaven and hell are mental implants that we have stuck, left over, believing from previous lives. Really, right? Now, we saw before implants. Let me give you another deal. Remember the, the Xenu thing? Xenu, right? they're called incidents. Incidents of implants, right? right? And the Xenu was an, in, an incident. And it was an incident of where Xenu took all these, he was trying to depopulate, according to Hubbard, depopulate the universe, Right, like the new Marvel movie. And uh, he snookered those people saying that they had to go pay the IRS and stuff. So he got them to show up at the IRS office. I'm not making this up. You guys were there. Right? And that when they got there, he shot them full of glycol and alcohol, which made them freeze. He took them, put them into crates. He put them into DC-8 airplanes with rockets. He took them to Earth. He dumped them in volcanoes. Then he threw hydrogen bombs on them, blew them up. But then their souls started to rise up. He didn't want them to report what he did, right? Because uh, it's usually bad line about the IRS and then shooting people full of glycol in the neck and freezing them and blowing them up. Uh, and so they got caught up in these fly trappers, right? And with the souls. And what, well, that, And then after that, he forced those souls to sit in the movie theater. Remember that? He built cinemas all over the planet Earth. And he forced them to watch these movies over and over again, which were these implants, these false ideas, which is where Jesus and Christianity and all this other stuff comes. That's what he, that's what he believes. I'm not making it up. And these souls cling to us, and that's why we have all the negative thinking going on. And only Scientology, get them off, get them off, can get these aliens off of us, the engrams. That's, that's what it is. Well, that's an implant scenario, the Xenu scenario. But that's just one scenario of supposed times of mankind getting these negative implants that only Scientology can get off of this. Believe it or not, there were other people besides Xenu who messed things up. No, I'm serious. And I got to share just a couple of those with you, okay? <laughs> uh, let, let, let's just do it. One is called <clears throat> the bubblegum incident. No, I'm serious. The bubblegum incident. Incident. Now, according to Hubbard, the bubblegum incident was an important early incident where you are, quote, hit with emotion and finally develop an obsession about motion. And the reason why is because there was this gummy material and every time a soul, a thetan would push against it, it pushed back. And that's what gives us this obsession with motion. It rhymes with don't do drugs, okay, because that's what's going on here, as well as don't get involved in the occult. You put those two together, you come up with this kind of stuff with all the... Oh, another one's called the coffee grinder incident. It wasn't just Zeno. You thought Zeno was bad? Oh, we, we, gotta, we need help, all right? Now, the coffee grinder incident was a control mechanism invented to cut down rebel raids on an invader installation in space. Now, this was laid down in the galaxy, for those of you wondering, one million years ago. And it consisted of this device that was floating out in space to cut down from these rebel raids. Uh, it consisted of a two-handled portable machine, which when it turned, like a coffee grinder, hence the incredible name, uh, it emits a heavy push-pull electronic wave. 
in a series of stuttering BAPs. Whatever a BAP is, that's what he said. The invaders left these machines in the universe for the, his words, not mine, the yokels, right? Believing that the treatment was vital, he had to go through the coffee grinder uh, to get to heaven or some such thing. The yokels practiced on each other and found new victims and generally spread the implant around. So that's why we believe in having to get to heaven is because this coffee grinder incident that was left over with the yokels and they... Oh, no, this will explain a lot, especially if you're married. Because this one, you seriously, it's called the ice cube incident. This is a, quote, Xenu-like story in which alien invaders and flying saucers uh, implant living entities. And here's what they did. Now, they, they apparently kidnapped these beings. And remember, these beings are all attached to us now, right? Uh, they trapped these beings... And the method of transportation, they didn't, you know, get them in the throat or, you know, like Zenu did with the glycol and stuff, right? Uh, uh, they, they packed them in ice. So it was kind of like Zenu, frozen, but he didn't jab them with the needle, right? They just packed them in ice. Now listen to this. Now, they were packed in ice, they were kidnapped and taken to a new area, and they were dumped in, not a volcano, but they were dumped in the ocean. Now listen. This explains, and I quote, why people have very cold hands and very cold feet. Back to the married scenario. You found that out when you got married? It's like, what do you want? Would you come from Alaska? What's wrong with your feet? Right, really? <sighs> it's right here. It's the ice cube incident, man. What a revelation. Can you believe this? I'm free. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't pay my fee of 160000 and I'm still going. Uh, Jack in a Box, the Jack in a Box incident. Uh, according to Hubbard, here we have an invader trick. Oh, yes, it's a trick. Because he's trapping these Thetans again and messing with their minds, right? And these alien invaders trick the Thetans into gathering an endless loops of copies of pictures. Just looking at these pictures over and over again. And confusing themselves, ultimately ending in an explosion. Because have you ever done that? You know, whatever. And then he says, you will find this is why a pre-clear. Now, what's a pre-clear? A pre-clear is us. Anybody who hasn't submitted to the going to their stages to go clear and then clear, you got to go to the OT levels. So he said, this is why you will find people, quote, very curious about cereal boxes, which have pictures of cereal boxes, which have pictures of cereal boxes. That's right, kids. Don't do drugs and don't get involved in the occult and certainly don't do both because, wow. Yeah, because that's what I do all day long. Sit at cereal boxes, looking at a cereal box, and as soon as I see that cereal box on top of that cereal box, I don't know if you look close enough, you'll see another cereal box, and it just... Okay, now that's just, again, that's what's happening. I'm telling you, I can't even go into all these. I'm sitting there going, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? I'm waiting for him to say, and this is why you keep saying, are you serious? Because it was an implant from yours. <laughs> it's just good. But let me give you one more. I'm, I kid you not, right? Now this is, again, this, it just never ends. The guy's making up as he go. And again, he creates more problems because guess what? In order to fix the problems, you got to pay more cash to get rid of the problems, right? And they just, they're endless, right? Now, this is after incident one, right? Incident one was supposed to be their version of creating the universe and all this, whatever. But uh, this is, um, uh, Hubbard described this in 1968. And this was an in, after incident one, which is their version of the universe, which is a whole other thing, obviously. But this is called the obscene dog incident. Oh, yeah, and here's why it's obscene, Right? The obscene dog, uh, it was a little bit later past incident one, which so just after the creation of the universe. And the obscene dog was sort of a brass dog in sitting position. Listen. And anybody who got around the front of this dog, I don't know if it was floating in space or what, and it got, when you got too close to the front of this dog, you got caught in some electronic current. And you got sucked up into the dog, you passed through the dog, you went into the dog, and you passed through the dog's backside and were spit out. And I quote, Thetans didn't like this. <laughs> the obscene dog incident. Wow. I don't, I don't even know. 
I mean, where do you go? There's the train goals. There's the gorilla goals. They stuck people in an amusement park, supposedly 319 trillion years ago, in case you're wondering. And you were stuck in this amusement park, and, and these gorillas were all over there. And that's the reason why uh, people, quote, uh, having to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't have time to go into that. Uh, and just, uh, but let me, give, let me give you one more. Heaven. Let's get back on heaven there. According to Hubbard, I'm not making this up. He knew it down to the T. Listen to this. The heaven implants, remember he believes that's fake. We've got to get rid of that. There is no such place. The heaven implants were given 43,891,832,611,177,000 years 344 days, 10 hours, 20 minutes, and 40 seconds from 10.02 and a half p.m. Daylight Greenwich time, May 9th, 1963. Wow. I can't remember what I did yesterday. This guy knew to the, man, knowledge. All right, now here's what happened. Now, he, this, this is where heaven came from, is an implant, but Hubbard apparently went there. Now, he wasn't very impressed. Now, at first he was, but then apparently he started looking around. Now, at first, he said that he compared heaven to the, quote, I'm making this up, the Bush Gardens in Pasadena. Now, as cool as that place is, if that's what heaven is, we're in trouble. But, but, but then, in a second series, apparently he went back, right? Uh, he said it had become a lot shabbier. And I quote, the place is shabby. The vegetation is gone. The pillars are scruffy. The saints have vanished, and so have the angels. And a sign on one to the left as you enter says, this is heaven. The, the one on the right, a sign says hell, and it's got an arrow, and inside the grounds, one can see the excava excavations and archaeological diggings with raw terraces that lead to hell. And he reported that he had no encounter of devils or satans. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He said, heaven was, however, not quite as conventionally depicted and took on the form of a town, which here's what it is, apparently. Consisted of a trolley bus, some building fronts, sidewalks, train tracks, train again, uh, a boarding house, a bistro in the basement with a well-lidded bulletin board and a bank building in bold letters because you need cash, apparently. Right? And then he describes how the second series of heaven implants depict that he saw this. There was a passenger getting on the trolley bus, a workman halfway down the first stairs to forget eating lunch. Uh, I'm going to start from the top again. I'm, going to, I'm not making a misstep. I'm reading his words verbatim. A passenger getting on the trolley bus a workman halfway down the first stairs of to forget eating lunch and in to be in heaven, a gardener or electrician adjusting an implant box behind a hedge and periodically leaping up and screaming. Are you looking forward to getting to heaven as much as I am? Wow. Now speaking up as we close, I'm, hey, with all due respect, folks, this is, Wow. If you're here last week, we dealt, this, that's, that's not a theory. We dealt with that heavily last week from his own family, admitted this guy was major, major on drugs since he was at least a teenager, nonstop, as well as involved in demonic activity on top, heavy duty the occult. But this is completely nonsensical. Why? Because where's it coming from? Oh, it came from L. Ron Hubbard, but who's his source? This is satanic. This is flat out satanic, which means he's involved with demonic influences, right? So what do you think if you get deep enough into this demonic satanic thing that L. Ron Hubbard came up with called Scientology, what's going to happen to you? You're probably opening yourself up to what? Demonic control. In fact, we're going to get into this Lord willing next week, and we'll close out our study on Scientology, Lord willing. Uh, we're going to get all about into Hollywood. Their Hollywood center, how they purposely go after the Hollywood elite. We'll probably finish up with that. How to witness to them. Okay. But let me give you a little teaser of Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has been in this for a long time. So when you get yourself hooked up to a demonic root, you're probably going to start acting kind of strange like Hubbard here. Right? 
In fact, that's why he's lost some contracts recently, because of his erratic behavior. Watch this. Over the course of more than 35 years, Tom Cruise has evolved from a teen heartthrob to one of the most powerful and polarizing figures in Hollywood. He flew straight into the hearts of women everywhere as Maverick and Top Gun, and he won the male vote as Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, building a reputation as one of the film industry's genuine megastars. But somewhere along the way, the love Cruise had grown accustomed to began to fade, and the public's perception of him changed drastically. Once the man that every guy wanted to be and every girl wanted to be with, the name Tom Cruise has since come to mean something completely different. Fewer fangirls. Telling women what they can and can't wear is one way to lose the female demographic. But telling them how to give birth is a different kind of insult entirely. When Katie Holmes was pregnant, Cruz was forced to address rumors that he was demanding his wife give birth in complete silence, a practice Scientologists believe prevents permanent psychic scars caused by negativity at birth. According to ABC News, Cruz was even rumored to have had a special pacifier made to keep Holmes quiet during delivery, though the A-lister insisted the church's silent birth method isn't as strict as many believe. No studio love. Cruz's behavior off-screen eventually began to affect his career. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist, and it's something that you have to earn. And because a Scientologist does, he or she has the ability to create new and better realities and improve conditions. Uh, being a Scientologist, you look at someone and you know absolutely that you can help them. So for me, it really is KSW, and it's just like, it's, it's something that... Uh, I don't mince words with that, you know, with, with anything that LRH does, but that policy to me has really gone, boy. And I, 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 there's a time I went through and I said, you know what? When I read it, I, you know, I just went, this is it. This is exactly it. <laughs> and uh, I went, you know, she, they said, an SP. <laughs> and I looked at him, you know, and I thought, oh, what a beautiful thing, because maybe one day it'll be like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe one day it'll be that. Wow, SPs, like, they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? <laughs> In 2006, Paramount Pictures ended its 14-year working relationship with the actor, fearing his erratic actions were going to negatively impact receipts for the upcoming Mission Impossible 3. Apparently, it wasn't just the actor's affiliation with Scientology that had the studio sweating. Cruz's bizarre appearance on Oprah led many to question his sanity. He's in the First of all, thanks for coming to my Legends Ball with Katie. Was that the best fun? Was that? Yes, yes! What has happened to you? on the edge of their seats, they're like this, they're like this. <laughs> no, I know what he's doing, he's processing, he's, trying, okay. to, he's <laughs> trying to figure out what he is going to tell, what he isn't going to tell. I've never seen you like that! I've never seen that! I know! We've never seen you behave this way before. I know. Have you ever felt this way before? I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> I can see you're not. You know Katie once told Seventeen Magazine. Yes! <laughs> the boy is gone. The boy is gone. He's gone. I am. Okay. Paramount CEO Sumner Redstone was quoted by CNN saying, As much as we like him personally, we thought it was wrong to renew his deal. His recent conduct had not been acceptable to Paramount. Yep. But don't forget, according to the Heaven Implant, according to Hubbard, 
That's right, in heaven, a gardener or electrician, adjusting an implant box behind a hedge and periodically leaping up and screaming. That's kind of weird. Wow. It's sad. It's really sad if you think about it. Because I remember, you know, guys, you know my background, the New Age, which Oprah Wong Kenobi is the biggest New Age priestess on the planet, with all due respect. But also, I got involved in the occult. And what happened to me personally, the deeper I got into that, it got darker and darker and darker, and demons began to manifest, and I was probably multiply possessed, and guess what? I was going insane. That's what happens. It's not just falsehood. Anything that counters Jesus, who is the way, the truth, the life, is what? Who's the father of all lies? Satan. You're getting down a satanic route. And when you follow that satanic route, what is going to happen the deeper you go? Things are going to get really erratic and demonic. It's really that sad. So we're on a rescue mission. But Lord willing, next week we're going to finish it out with the Hollywood Celebrity Center. And that's that final question there. Why is Scientology attractive? Well, if they told it like it was, how many people would be beaten on the doors? Nobody. So what do they do? They use Hollywood, people like Tom Cruise. Well, he's doing it. It's got to be great. We'll finish that up, Lord willing, next week. Well, hi, this is Bill Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need to save your, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there, uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, You shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says, You shall not Use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name the Bible says under heaven that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin? Then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more. The Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You will be forced to admit what He already knows. Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven. In that state, you're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then He could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. 
And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins against Him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail, you are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extends to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.